grace, mercy, and God's peace be yours this day from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus. Today we would like to take a look at those actually two personages. We know them as the two thieves on the cross. The two thieves. Hardly the word for them. They were more than thieves. The word that Jesus uses in the Bible when he says the Son of Man shall come like a thief in the night, that's not the word that's used here when it describes these men on the cross. They were more than thieves. They were robbers, terrorists. The NIV Bible calls them criminals, even revolutionaries. Barabbas was one too. Mere thieves are not crucified. Do you remember that parable that Jesus told about the Good Samaritan, about the man that was going that wilderness road down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and some men robbed him and beat him up half to death? Well, it would appear they caught them, because that's the same situation, the same type of people. Now, tradition has assigned names to these men that the Bible leaves nameless. Christian tradition has assigned the names Dismas and Gestus. Dismas was the so-called penitent thief. Gestus was the unrepentant thief. Gestus. Who was ever closer to salvation than this man? Or farther from it. Even in his dying hour, he had nothing but mockery for God and his son. He didn't want to be saved. He didn't want to change. He just wanted to escape and remain the same. But Dismas, the good thief, actually, there was nothing good in him. In fact, in the first hour on the cross, there was nothing to distinguish either of these men apart. They both were murderous thugs railing at Jesus, mocking him, who seemingly deserved their fate. And there was a scene on Golgotha. Three crosses. Presumably the cross in the middle had been reserved for Barabbas. But earlier Pilate had set him free and instead sent Jesus to be crucified. I wonder if the procession that went down the Via Dolorosa passed by Barabbas perhaps in the crowd snickering at his friends. He perhaps pointed to them and laughed. Maybe they looked and they spat and cursed at him. Barabbas went free. It seemed to be a travesty of justice on that day and yet it was justice on a far greater scale. These two criminals, how different were they Really? Both Matthew and Mark tell us that originally they both mocked Jesus. They were hateful, foul to the end. But then Luke tells us as time went by, grace broke through. God's love broke through. Both were fighting God. Gestas fought God until the bitter end. Would not give in. Dismas Well, he finally let God be God. He let God's grace wash over him. There on Golgotha, with his arms and his feet nailed, he had absolutely 
nothing to offer to God. He was a beggar. Isn't that how we come to God? With nothing to offer but beggars? But God's grace broke into his heart. It enabled him to see his sin, his depravity. It enabled him to have fear for God and hope in Jesus. How much of this salvation stuff that he understood, (laughs) we don't know. He was no theologian. But truly, he reached out to Jesus in faith. He believed in him. He called Jesus by name, by that beautiful, precious name that is above all names. He cried out on the cross, Jesus, remember me in your kingdom. He also, right before that, said to the other criminal, don't you fear the wrath of God? Now, what was packed into those words? Jesus, remember me in your kingdom. We hear those and we hear great things made of them and sometimes we wonder, well, what all did he say? I just heard him say, Jesus, think of me. What was packed into those words? First of all, he was finally given the ability to have a fear of God. A fear of God, which meant seeing himself as accountable before his creator. The accountability before God, which all men fear, We don't want it. We would like to cast it aside. But he was given the fear of God and he made a confession right there. Perhaps it wasn't a confession in words, but it was a confession of heart poured out to the man next to him on the cross. And he made a declaration of the kingdom of God. Isn't that what Jesus preached when he first came? The kingdom of God is at hand and he is the centerpiece of it. He made a declaration of the kingdom of God. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Basically he said, if you're the king, I went in with you. And so there on the cross, Dismas said to Jesus, I believe, I trust you to deliver me. He was trusting himself to this person on the cross who seemingly looked as if he had no power either. Oh, and don't forget, there on the cross, he made a public rebuke of the other criminal. Shall we say a public rebuke of sin? And it was in front of an abusive crowd. Normally situations where we Christians would shirk back and maybe be silent, he spoke out. He attached himself to the reviled Jesus. Now, everybody wants a piece of the nice Jesus. You know, every religion wants a piece of Jesus. They always sort of point. It's been pointed out that everybody points to Jesus, but Jesus only pointed to himself. I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus said. Jesus said, no one goes to the Father except through me. That's the point where people start walking away. Dismas. Dismas, in a way, stood by the reviled Christ, hanging on the cross, full of our sin. The crowd railing at him. Dismas defied the crowd and identified with the man who was being mocked, insulted. He embraced him. 
It's like John says in John chapter 1, as many as received him, he gave the power to become the children of God. What was packed into those words, Jesus, remember me in your kingdom? A whole changed life. A testament to God's grace in those very, we can say, dying moments of life. J.R.R. Tolkien, in his great Lord of the Rings, has put together an assortment of different creatures and people to fight for good. And in the movie, there is this one scene where they are going against insurmountable odds. And the dwarf Gimli says something that almost sounds kind of raceless. He sort of looks up to the rather tall elf Legolas and says, I never thought I'd die beside an elf. Legolas glances down at him and said, how about beside a friend? Gimli looks up with a bit of a smile on his face and he says, I, that I can do. Dismas died beside a friend. Don't we? In our last moment, believing and trusting in Jesus, we die not just beside a friend, but into the arms of a friend. And what a friend we have in Jesus. What happened here on the scene on Golgotha? God's grace broke through. And are we any different from these thieves? St. Paul in Ephesians 2 says that apart from faith in Christ, we are dead in trespasses and sins. Not just spiritually sick, but spiritually dead. We have no ability to reach out to God, but by his Holy Spirit, by his grace, he, he quickens us. He gives us the ability. He draws us. We don't understand why some come to faith and others don't. That's the scene that we see on Calvary between these two criminals. But we especially look to the one whom we have called Dismas, who in those lost last moments responded to the grace of God which is poured into him. It's kind of interesting that in, in the Roman Catholic Church, he is revered as a saint. And today, March 25th, is the day of St. Dismas, the man who believed on the cross. Two hearts, one hardened, one changed, and his darkest hour became his brightest moment. I suppose we could say the real wonder is not that he repented, but that the other one did not. I was at a seminar once at a hospital, and some hospital chaplains were speaking to us, and there, there was something that I had long wondered about. And so when it came to the question and answer moment, I asked the question about deathbed conversions, and I asked, how many deathbed conversions have you seen? Because in my mind, I thought he must have seen many. And this hospital chaplain looked back at us, and he said, actually, not many. He says, people seem to die as they lived. Don't count on a deathbed conversion. Later is something that we have no guarantee. What's guaranteed to us is now. And my friends, you and all of us that believe in Jesus Christ, now is a time of salvation. We believe now. If you're one of those that has been putting it off, kicking it down the road, thinking, well, I will have time, later is not guaranteed. 
Now is the time of salvation, the scriptures say. Now is the time to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. While there is still time to live for him and to serve him. Jesus gave a wonderful promise, not just to this criminal, but to us as well. When he said, Jesus, remember me in your kingdom. And what did Jesus say? He said, truly, this is the truth, the absolute truth. You can take it to the bank. Truly, verily, I say to you, today, you will be with me in paradise. Today, you will be with me in paradise, he calls it. What is this paradise? It's where we all go. We've gathered together at the funerals. We've celebrated that our loved ones who died in Jesus have gone to be with the Lord. We'll call it different things. Heaven, the presence of God, God's arms. We could call it paradise. But at the moment of death, believers, souls come to be with God. The body goes back to the ground. But the believers' souls come to be with him. What a glorious moment. And that is what Jesus promised this man on the cross today. Your soul was going to be with me. But don't stop there. There's more. Much more. In Revelation chapter 1, it says, He is coming back. And every eye will see him, including those who pierced him. Think about that. Annas, Caiaphas, Judas, Herod, Pilate, all the religious leaders, all of them, all of us. Every eye will see him. When he returns, 1 Thessalonians 4, Paul goes into great detail about the return. That's a story for another day. But we look forward to the return of Jesus. In our creeds, we proclaim that just about every week. In the Apostles' Creed, in the Nicene Creed, we say, He sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, and from thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. And in the Nicene Creed, he ascended into heaven, sits at the right hand of the Father, And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. There's more. And there's more for us as the bodies are raised from the dead, joined with the souls, and we gather to meet Jesus for all eternity. All because of the cross of Christ. What a wonder that was given to this man snatched, we could say, from the fires of hell. Satan was just about ready to collect that soul. And Jesus said, step aside, this one's mine. Just as he says for you and for me, this one is mine. All because of that wonderful cross. On that cross, Jesus fully paid for sins, your sins, my sin. This was the day, as we said, of superb justice. Because justice was done God punished sin, and so justice is done when God forgives us. They're paid for, paid in full on the cross. That wonderful cross. One man stared it in the face and died without it. The other stared it in the face and embraced it. My friends, for those of us that have embraced us, that we live and breathe in Jesus, we say, Praise God for his goodness. And for those yet to embrace it, he's calling. He's washing his grace over you. The cross 
was the cross in which your sins were paid for. It's the cross in which your forgiveness was earned and paid for. Let God give it to you through that wonderful cross. My friends, as we go through these difficult times and we, we think about how difficult it is not to go out and to go to the places that we normally go, but kind of to stay, to stay right where we are. Not just for our sakes, but for the sake of others as well, too, as an act of love. Let us sit tight in that firm knowledge of our salvation through Jesus Christ on the cross and that grace which is washed over and through all of us. May God bless you all. Amen. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.